Today on the Natural Birth Talk, we talk with doula Brittany Sisko about why many moms are choosing to skip the epidural. Here's a sneak peek, so stick around. So one big thing that, especially with my clients that have had an epidural and mm-hmm. they don't want one again, what they often tell me is after they got the epidural, they felt like birth was being done to them and uh-huh, that they yep. were not actively participating in the birth. Hi, I'm Rachel Manns, owner of The Natural Birth Site and this podcast, The Natural Birth Talk. Here, you'll learn all about different natural aspects of birth, pregnancy, and postpartum. Remember, none of this information should take the place of a care provider and is not medical advice. Birth is not a medical emergency. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, it's your host, Rachel. Welcome to the Natural Birth Talk. Today, I am talking with birth and postpartum doula, Brittany Sisko in the St. Louis area, and we are going to talk about why women choose not to get an epidural. Um, I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself. Hello. Uh, As Rachel said, my name is Brittany Sisko. I'm a birth and postpartum doula in the St. Louis area, and I have three kiddos ages six to five months. They are all wild and lovely. (laughs) (laughs) We were just chatting about that. (laughs) Yeah, they do. They keep me on my toes, but they are the inspiration for what I do. Each of their births has been unique and beautiful in its own right and has really driven my passion for what I do as a doula. So, Oh, I love that. And I think so many of us doulas have, at least the doulas who have kids have similar stories. And I could talk about that. I think I talk about that in a whole different podcast. I could talk about that all day. Oh, probably. Right. right. I would just be like a whole, that like two or three episodes. I feel like, right. I probably <laughs> will do. I probably will do like a doula series eventually or something. I don't know. We'll get there. But today we are talking about epidurals and why a lot of moms, especially more and more are choosing not to get the epidural. And I mean, as doulas, I think we see, I mean, obviously most women come to us saying that they want a natural birth, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now we do still support women who have epidurals because (laughs) we respect their right to choose, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, our clients don't want them. And that's probably because they've really done their research. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So why don't we start with Brittany? Can you kind of tell us what an epidural is, what's in it? anything like that? Uh, Yeah. So an epidural is a, it's considered regional anesthesia. So meaning that it blocks pain to a particular part of the body, Uh, meaning that it can provide pain relief as well as just kind of general lack of feeling. And I feel like Uh if you talk to anybody had an epidural, they'll tell you, Ooh, as soon as that stuff kicks in, it's like that part of my body just kind of floated away. Like it wasn't there anymore. Couldn't Um, move it, felt really heavy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when we kind of get into the like physiological aspect of it, Mm -hmm. epidurals, they block the nerve impulses to the lower spinal segment. So the way that it's placed in in that space in between your vertebrae and as they go into your dura space. So like the vertebrae are all the little bones in your spine that connect. And the neuro space is like that space in between the vertebrae. Your spinal cord. Um, So it's a very, it's an extremely precise procedure, which is kind of one of the reasons I'll talk about later. (laughs) So it's an extremely uh, precise procedure. They have to hit exactly the right spot. It's very small, very 
just, whew, yeah, takes a lot of practice. Um, that, oh, that makes me nervous just thinking about it. <laughs> I know, right? I know. When they hit that, it will trigger. And when those medications go in, it triggers those nerves to say like, whoop, I don't need to work anymore. Like we're going to be blocking all of those signals that the body is trying to input here to go to the brain. So it's basically cutting off communication from your brain to the yeah. bottom part of your yeah. leg. I yeah. have, I've never thought about it like that before, but when you uh-huh. think about it like that, that's even more of like a, Ooh, I don't know if that's a yeah. good idea. <laughs> yeah. And especially, um, working with chiropractors, thanks to my pregnancies and, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what they've done to my pelvis and just my general lack of laziness and being able to keep proper posture. Yeah. Right. Um, learning about the nervous system and like how it works and how it responds to the brain. And you kind of combine that information with knowledge about how an epidural works. It's pretty interesting. You know, when you think yeah. about how we are purposefully in a way putting something into our body that is impacting the way our brain perceives what's happening to our body. Very interesting. Yeah. There's a time and a place for an epidural, right? Like if you're going into a cesarean, like a spinal, which is kind of like an epidural, it's way better than general anesthesia. Yes. And, and there are other times and places for this, but knowing that it's really literally cutting off communication, you would Mm -hmm. think that doctors and care providers would use it a little less, be a little more stingy Uh about it. Yeah. And you think that we would be a lot more honest about what we're giving women to when they get an epidural. It's like you said, definitely a time and place for it. Like when I'm doing prenatals with my clients, I definitely talk about how it can be a tool. Mm -hmm. Um, that we can use to help us meet our goals, but we need to be very conscious and very careful about when and how and if we use it. I like to kind of talk about it as like something that we keep in our back pocket. Mm -hmm. It's easy to keep you keep in your back pocket. Sometimes you forget about. So it's something that we can kind of keep off to the side and then maybe pull it out. When and if we need it. Yeah. Especially for my clients that are planning a natural birth who might also still be kind of nervous about it too. So just trying to find that balance there, you know, recognizing that what their goals are, but also kind of recognizing um, the tools that we can use to help them reach their ultimate goal. And I mean, I think, like you said, it's definitely a tool. There's a time and a place. The time and the place should not be in like 95% of birds in America. That should not be the time and place. (laughs) It should Mm -hmm. be in like, 15% 15% or something like that, or, you know, yeah. very much, much, much lower. I don't know. I just threw out a number 15%. Maybe that's too low. I don't know, but not 95 or whatever the current percent is. I know it's really high like yeah. that. It's, um, it's very, very high. And you mentioned, you said them being more honest about it. They come in and they're like, oh, it won't slow your labor. Oh, it won't hurt you. Oh, it's totally safe. It won't hurt the baby, but no, residual we know, side effects. right. There's, there's no side effects. No, we know we have seen it happen. We have seen it slow labors. We have seen babies go into distress after an epidural was placed. We have seen moms get really sick from an epidural fever or... We see a lot of side effects. We could go on and on about that. Well, the point of this episode is not to scare people out of an epidural. We don't want to scare people out of it. We just want to educate. And that does not happen in the hospitals usually. It doesn't usually happen in the doctor's offices unless maybe you have a midwife or just a very aware doctor. But most of the time um, we hear that there's nothing wrong with them and that there's no reason not to get one. But I would like you to share Mm -hmm. what you know, which kind of proves the opposite. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. And when I was kind of thinking about this topic, I really tried to focus in on not just my experience as a doula and what I've observed with Mm -hmm. epidurals, but also kind of the reasons that my clients have given me when they Uh come to me and I would really like to avoid or I don't at all want to Mm -hmm. use an epidural. Especially, and we were kind of talking about this earlier, that when you tell people, I would really like a no intervention birth, you know, natural childbirth, that people just kind of look at you and they're like, what? Mm-hmm. Why? You know? Our culture we has just, ingrained us to need and want that yeah, epidural. Yeah. Or when I talk about my births have all been really beautiful and lovely, even though, you know, one in particular was, was hard, but at the same time, it was still really beautiful. And right. so when I talk about that, People are like, oh, the epidural is great, isn't it? I'm like, I never had one. (laughs) And then they're shocked. I mean, I say the same thing. Yeah. And so I think it's just become such a commonplace intervention. And that's really Mm -hmm. what it is. It is an intervention. Absolutely. Um, And the birth experience that we just kind of forget. We've forgotten in society that sometimes people choose differently. Like it hasn't been around very long. Yeah. I don't know exactly exactly. like 50 years or something. Like it's not an old procedure. It's still a new procedure that happens. Exactly. And when we think about what came before the whole mm-hmm. Twilight Sleep era, oh, that. the epidural uh, is definitely better than Twilight Sleep. <laughs> yeah, definitely better than Twilight Sleep, but it was kind of born out of that, yes. that desire to try to make birth better for yeah. women. Quote, better or fix yeah. birth or, you yeah. know, oh, I hate, I hate those terms. And, I hate those terms. And just kind of seeing especially the long-term impact from mm-hmm. epidurals too. Oh yeah. Uh, I have a friend who got an epidural with her third, but had natural births with her first two. And it was a long story. There were some reasons, but the nurse convinced her to have an epidural. And this was three or four years ago and her back still hurts from it. Yes. My mom. I don't tell you that that can happen. Uh, yes. I know. Right. I can't tell you how often people ask me, is it normal to continue to have back pain after birth? And I just kind of going through a couple of questions with them. And finally I'll ask, well, did you have an epidural? And they'll say, yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's a long-term side effect of an epidural. You yeah. know, my mom had a cesarean with me because I got, I got a little turned around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoops. And uh, <laughs> she, to this day, she still has back pain in the spot where she was given the epidural. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. It faded over the years, but it's still, it will flare up. Yeah. And it's crazy. That is actually the, one of the first things I wanted to talk about reasons why some people have given me or what I've seen that they don't want an epidural is, uh-huh. uh, those long lasting side effects from an epidural that can go on for years and years. I actually had a uh, client who was a nurse and she worked in a, like a long-term care facility for people that had various forms of paralysis and something that she saw quite often was long-term or short-term paralysis from an epidural that was improperly placed. Oh, Um, Oh, that's sad. When she came to me, I think it just the kind of indirect trauma of working with people that have that, that Mm -hmm. have that happen to them. And she came to me and she was like, I do not want an epidural. She's like, I'm hiring you because I want to avoid that at all costs. Because after seeing that, she just, she couldn't even wrap her mind around like, you know, like I was saying earlier, kind of keeping it, you know, in the back pocket. 
yeah, in the back pocket as a tool to possibly use if maybe we need it. Mm-hmm. You know, she just wanted hundred percent to avoid it altogether. Yeah. I've never had a care provider tell a client that that is a possibility when they go to get the epidural. Yeah. I've never yeah. had them tell that they talk yes. about like the potential spinal headache, mm-hmm. which is a lot is pretty darn common. Yeah. Pretty darn common. And actually a little bit more than just a headache. Like it, it's mm-hmm. like blinding, blinding pain. I've had friends yeah. that have had that happen and they are like, yeah, it's not just a headache. It's something else. Like yeah. it's everything from your head down to where it was placed. Oh. It's just like you're in pain. Ah, you're making uh, me cringe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah. So that is one of those long-term side effects are kind of often what I hear from clients. They've either had family members that have had long-term side effects or they've had friends Yeah, or maybe they themselves have had, you know, really long-term side effects from the epidural. So, um, and then some short-term side effects would be epidural fever where they don't know if you're having a fever because you have an infection or if it's from the epidural. So they give you antibiotics anyway. Yeah. Especially if you have low blood pressure kind of general. I've seen clients that have had that, they get the epidural and their blood pressure crashes. And then babies affected by that. Yeah. And that can be really scary for everyone involved. Absolutely. And I did, I had a client that had that happen with her first baby. She, she just very naturally just has low blood pressure. And even though it was in her file, Mm -hmm. everyone in the room knew they didn't take it into account with the epidural. And so her blood pressure crashed and baby was impacted. She was impacted. She spent hours trying to push her baby out between fainting spells. Um, oh, wow. And with her second baby, she she hired me so that she could, yeah. you know, well, she could go without she it. She wanted a natural birth and she uh-huh. did, she did achieve that. Awesome. When sometimes when you start having side effects like that, do they turn the epidural off? No, no. they could yes. easily just turn it off, but they don't unless yes. you like really insist. And I don't know why that is. It can make babies sleepy too. And so they don't necessarily like breastfeed as well at first. There are a lot of things that could happen from an epidural. Yeah, right? uh, babies during labor. Sometimes what we'll see um, impacts from an epidural is potential for malpositioning. Just because your body is so relaxed, everything yeah. is so relaxed that baby will sometimes sink into a position that's not good. And right. because well, of that relaxation, there's nothing to encourage baby to turn and move. So that with you're stuck in bed. Right. Your and- natural instinct to move in the way your body needs you to move mm-hmm. is shut off. Yeah, it's yeah. totally gone. Exactly. So especially if you unfortunately are in a facility that knows how to work with the netball or mm-hmm. knows how to reposition you in bed. I know with my clients that get epidurals, I'm like, yeah, you get to rest, but I'm going to be moving you around every 30 minutes. So. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> like you can rest in between, really but yeah. yeah, we're going to keep moving because that's what your body needs. Yeah, exactly. And so we're rolling around all over the bed and it's pretty funny. But also you have to think about the fact that these medications, they do pass, pass through the placenta to baby. They yes. will swear that they don't, that they don't, but they do. They definitely do. So baby feels that. And sometimes that can lead to a lot of post-birth side effects for baby. So sometimes you'll see babies that are a little bit on the edgy side. They uh-huh. uh, maybe are just a little bit cranky. Some babies are very, very sleepy. That's usually the one that I see most often is that these tend to be very sleepy and we can sometimes have a difficult time getting them to latch and breastfeed properly. Right. So all, all that is kind of out of baby's system. So they both kind of work against each other. They've right. got excessive sleepiness and poor latch because if baby's not latching well, they're not drawing enough colostrum to, you know, maintain their blood sugar. So then they get right. more sleepy and then it just creates this. It's- 
a very cycle. negative cycle. Uh, yeah, which is very hard for mom's postpartum, I think. Hey everyone, Rachel Manns here, and today I have something I'm thrilled to share with you guys. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, that's a quarter, guys, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. Designed for new and expectant parents, as well as pregnancy and birth professionals, Informed Pregnancy Plus is like having a trusted BFF and doctor in one, guiding you through every step of the path to and through parenthood. A few of just my favorite titles are obviously The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, How Fun Is That?, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection, an extremely well-presented and informative workshop teaching you about your core and pelvic floor and how to keep them healthy. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Sign up for Informed Pregnancy Plus right now. I'm not kidding, guys. It's really going to help you out. It's my prescription for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. That's informedpregnancy.tv, and the link will be in the description below. Now back to the show. I think so too. And in the length of time you have an epidural can make a difference too. So, you know, if you know you want an epidural, the longer you can wait, the better. Or if like you said, you've been trying for that natural epidural or the natural labor, but then decide, okay, I'm going to pull out this epidural tool for just this last little bit, you know, that makes a difference too. So it's something to keep in mind. Really quickly, list, if you have any other side effects you want to mention, list them. But what I really want to talk about is what's in an epidural because uh, nobody oh, tells yeah. you these things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just some really, real quickly, some other common ones. So one big thing that, especially with my clients that have had an epidural and mm-hmm. they don't want one again, what they often tell me is after they got the epidural, they felt like birth was being done to them and uh-huh, that they yep. were not actively participating in the birth because they were being told what to do, how to move, how to push, mm-hmm. um, what position to be in. I'm going to do this to you now because you can't feel it. And so that is often a huge push for a lot of moms to not want the, mm-hmm. an epidural. It can increase your intervention Absolutely. Uh, I think us duals often refer to as the cascade of interventions. Uh So you get the epidural, your uterus is no longer contracting effectively because it's ultra relaxed. So then they do the Pitocin and then the Pitocin kicks in. Then maybe that epidural might not be working somewhere. So then they up the epidural and Mm -hmm. then they up the Pitocin. And then sometimes baby goes into distress. Sometimes baby doesn't. Mm -hmm. But then with that super, super high epidural, because we have that Pitocin cranked up. Oh, now it's really hard to push baby out. Uh So then talk of the vacuum comes in, talk of the forceps come in, talk of the cesarean comes in and then it just spirals out of control from there. And Um, even if, even if you don't have that cascade of interventions, you still risk a longer pushing phase and more tearing because you can't feel what's going on. You're being coached. So even if there's no other medical intervention, there still is a cascade of side effects. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes too, I I think uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier that 
epidurals, they have side effects. Sometimes not just like post-birth, post-birth for baby, postpartum for mom, but also like in the moment, something that sometimes I actually do hear anesthesiologists tell moms when they're getting the epidural is that, hey, just so you know, you might start shaking really bad, itching. Uh, Sometimes it causes nausea and vomiting. And they'll tell you, we can give you medications for all those things, but they might not work. Yeah. And so then as they're, as they're placing the epidural and then you're like, uh, wait, hold on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they, if they do tell you, then they wait to the very last second to tell you about, you know, these things. And then they never tell you what's in the epidural, what they are actually giving you. Yes, exactly. The main medications are considered local anesthetics. So like buvidicaine, I can never say this one, chlorocaine, (laughs) (laughs) I can talk, lidocaine, but then they also combo with different kinds of opioids and narcotics to make it work more effectively. Yeah. Some pretty common ones are fentanyl and sutafentanyl. They combo with these to try to decrease the use of the local anesthetic, but then we're also comboing it with um, narcotics, which is why moms can get itchy. Yeah. Um, Really, really itchy with an epidural. Yep. That's a really common side effect of narcotics Mm -hmm. is excessive itchiness. Well, and you know, we have a chronic narcotic abuse problem in this country. And, you know, some think that there's like a genetic component to it. I I don't honestly know if there really is or not. But I would love to see more research in that area. That right. Is area well, it's hoping that we get more research into. Right. Narcotics are so addictive. And so it's just something that really needs to be considered, knowing that a narcotic is going into your body and into your baby. And mm-hmm. there isn't much research on it. At least think about it. It needs to be at least considered and, and known yeah. that you are taking a very addictive substance. Because when I do my prenatals with my clients, the epidural, it comes up with almost every family. They tell me, we don't want it. Or they're like, we're considering it. Can you tell us more about it? Right. And I'm not shy in telling my clients what goes into an epidural. And a lot of them are really shocked to find out that some very common, what we can now consider to be a common street drug, Mm -hmm. is in an epidural. I mean, it's being used in a way that, you know, is not going to harm you as much as, you know, taking taking it on the street. (laughs) Yeah. But it's still there. And a lot of them are really shocked about Mm -hmm. that. And they're shocked that, you know, why isn't that something that's talked about more? Like, why are we giving this to moms without telling them like, what's what's in it. And I think to knowing doulas across the country that work with mamas who are in recovery, which I just think is such a beautiful mission. Absolutely. Um, that's something that they talk very heavily with to their clients is, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing that these things are in the epidural and that you, you need to be aware of that, you know, during your childbirth experience and kind of being aware of how that might impact your recovery. Too. Yeah. So, so, so important. And then from a less medical and more, oh shoot, of course I'm forgetting the word right now, more um, like (laughs) evidence that we've seen with our own eyes, not necessarily like medical evidence, but I so often will not like so often, but well, yeah, pretty often we'll have moms who are like, I had an epidural last time. You helped me have a birth without an epidural this time. And oh my goodness, the recovery, everything was so much easier this time. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think that it's, I mean, you know, we just, we just talked about everything that goes into an epidural. Mm -hmm. So 
So it makes sense that recovery would be easier if you didn't have it. Yeah. Because when you talk about all that stuff that goes in there, all that stuff that's being pumped into your nervous system, like there's no way you can walk away from that and not have to recover from that. Like I know for me, when I've had surgery, I do not feel well after those, which is actually was one of my main reasons why I did not want to have epidurals with my labors. I've known a couple people who didn't have epidurals, but then ended ending up getting one with a subsequent birth. Almost always they say, I don't know why I got that. Or they may say like, you know, I was grateful for it in the moment, but man, recovery was so much harder this time. Yeah. Um, and they also, you also have to think about how you have to have a bladder catheter. The bladder is a very sensitive organ. Yes. Um, so a lot of moms that I've worked with that have had epidurals, they have some long-term impacts on their bladder because of that. And also you can't feel things. So especially when it comes to pushing, Mm -hmm. you might be kind of turned or moved in a way that you would not move in naturally. Yeah. So especially if you're in a situation where other people are holding up your legs for you, Uh they might be pulling them in a way that you would not be able to do. Right. So your muscles are sore and you didn't have the epidural. And so then that can cause some either short-term or long-term pain and recovery. Yeah. Usually epidural extends the pushing phase too. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're pushing for longer than what you maybe would have pushed without the epidural, that's, that's exhausting. And absolutely naturally going to have a longer recovery time from that. Like there's there's no way around that, you know? Absolutely. And I think we could probably talk about the negatives of epidurals and situations we've seen and things, things like that. We could talk about that, like for another like hour or two or an entire day, maybe, but we don't have that much time. So I think we've given a really good overall idea of what an epidural is, how it works, what goes into it, why maybe a lot of women are really starting to realize that they don't want this quote, like miracle thing or this, you know, because it's really not an, a miracle. And hopefully we didn't scare anybody because again, like no, it's never yeah. our job to create fear. <laughs> we just want you to be fully knowledgeable of what you may or may not consent to, because to give true consent, you have to be given all of the information. Exactly. <laughs> Talking about these kinds of things with my clients. I say that all the time. I am not telling you this to scare you. Like I'm just giving you the information. I try to keep as much of my opinion out of everything. And, you know, they just, they had no idea and they walk away from it and they're telling me like, Oh my gosh, I'm terrified. I'm like, that's no, 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 not the goal. Not the goal. This is, this is just information so that if you are put in a situation where you have to make this decision, you're going to walk into it with knowledge and confidence knowing that the choice that you're making is informed, knowing that, you know, you can make this choice with confidence and reassurance and not out of fear. Absolutely. And then you can feel good about your choice instead of regretting it later. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Brittany. I appreciate it so, so much. Guys out there, if you or ladies out there, um, doulas out there too, if you guys want to learn any more or if you have any questions, just feel free to reach out to me at contact at the naturalbirthsite.com or you can check out the links below. Hi, Rachel Manns again. If you want to learn more, please subscribe to this podcast and head over to my site, thenaturalbirthsite.com to check out my blog, shop, email list, and YouTube channel. Thanks. 
Hi, Rachel Manns again. If you want to learn more, please subscribe to and rate this podcast and head over to thenaturalbirthsite.com to check out our online natural birth education course, birth story blog, YouTube channel, and more.